Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls! So I have a random question. Ah. We'll take it. When you wear yoga pants, do you wear underwear? Never. What? Really? No. Ew. I mean, they have the little cotton crotch yeah. thing in the middle of them. I wash- Maybe I don't have yoga pants. Then. I wash mine every single time. I only wear them one time. But they're they're wow. they're supportive and they're. I don't with the ones I wear to bed. It's but like, do you wear underwear wear with pantyhose? I mean, yes. Why? Yes. With pantyhose, I do. Why? None of those things feel good, and they're all tight in places how oh, my, how my, does your shit breathe my yoga pants your shit doesn't tight. breathe anyway when you're all suckered up like that listen i tried to wear pantyhose one time without underwear and it was pulling places and i was sweating yeah. other places and i had a serious case of swamp ass and i'm like all right i gotta put some cotton on underneath these things although being honestly i'm not a huge fan of pantyhose to begin with so i i would much rather wear garters and stockings than pantyhose i haven't worn pantyhose and oh my gosh well i haven't worn them in i haven't worn them in years but i really honestly the whole yoga pants thing your yoga pants have like a weird cotton crotchy thing yeah yeah mine do too i guess i do i mean i don't know i would i have i don't wear yoga i'm talking about the kind of yoga pants that are you know the stretchy ones with the pocket on the side i'm not talking about the kind of yoga pants that you buy at walmart that are like almost that aren't as spandexy they're made out of something else i'm talking about the spandexy ones i mean i have a lot of stuff like that to work out in and i don't think any of mine have like a weird cotton gussety crotchy thing hmm do you just have leggings maybe leggings don't have that i mean they're the span i mean they're my wor- they're spandexy stuff i wear to work out in hmm. but i mean they're old navy and uh, for the most part so i mean they're not soup they're n- i'm not like buying lululemon or however you pronounce that well, anyway. I, I don't i don't buy that kind either i think i have some that i got at amazon they're like colorful koala that i got from amazon and they have a little cottony you know, hmm. little thing in there, but I don't buy the right cut of yoga pants. But the thing about yoga pants but is they are, underwear. they're so tight that if you wear underwear, you're going to look ridiculous because you'll see, you can see everything. Yes. So what's I the point of it? wear a long shirt yeah. because I would never go out. I'm, I'm honestly amazed by people. And I mean, my kids do it that go out in their really tight, leggings yoga pants whatever with a short shirt because my weird mind is just like why no wrong beep beep warning you know i'm wearing leggings i'm wearing something super oversized over them well i usually don't wear a tiny little top with it i'll usually wear well you've seen me vani i walk around like that all the time do you think do you think i'm a horrible person for not wearing underwear with my no no not at all (laughs) well the reason why i asked is because like for that very short period of time that i was actually going to the gym Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like before i 
got poor again and couldn't afford it. Um, you might think I'm weird, but when I was looking at the other people, none of them had underwear lines. And that's about when I started to think, are you not supposed to wear underwear with yoga pants? Because I always did. Well, I always do. Maybe we should take a poll and see how it comes back. Because but let me let me finish my story. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. But the when I go to bed and I wear yoga pants to bed because I have some yoga pants that are kind of like shorts that I wear to bed. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't wear underwear because I don't wear underwear to bed because it just twists around and it's uncomfortable. My fat thighs and it's it's just bad. And then this morning when I'm getting dressed, I got dressed and everything to go to work because I worked for a little bit this morning and I put my shoes on and stuff and a pair of yoga pants. And I was like, damn it. I didn't put underwear on. I'm like, well, the yoga pants, are you really even supposed to wear underwear with yoga pants? Wonder if anyone will notice. (laughs) Honestly, I figured if they have a little cotton thingy in them in the crotch, then that's my signal to say that it's okay not to wear underwear with them. I feel the same way about pantyhose, though. Yeah. Because well, I mean, nothing- I have the issue, though, where every once it doesn't happen very often, but I'm I am a slave to the fact that I might sneeze at the wrong po- moment and dribble something somewhere. Yeah, so but how much is your underwear going to help that? It at least catches it till I can go change or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'll agree with I'll agree with that. I have had dribble catching. I have a uh, have had maybe one time bubble. (laughs) I one time when I was at work, I had an issue where I waited too long to go to the bathroom, and that was a bad thing. That's that's a bad thing. You should have an extra pair of pants someplace for emergencies. I don't extra know what. The, yeah, no. If you're wearing yoga pants, oh, just, I do have an extra pair of underwear in my car for emergencies. Does anybody else oh. do that? I do that. Yeah. I mean, they're not in my glove compartment. Well, they're in like a bag. But mine are in my bag. That would be awesome. Yeah, it would be. Hey, Here, officer. Here's my registration. Whoops. Oh, I keep them sorry in the back. about those lacy panties that I just dropped in front of you. <gasps> what are you saying? You just let me off with a warning and I'll let you keep those. <laughs> I also don't wear lacy anything. Everything is Same. about comfort. Granny I panties. Like... I used to wear those those frilly panties and then I got old and just said, this is ridiculous. Those are terribly uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, I wear boxer shorts, so who who are you talking to? Or I guess they're called boy shorts if they're for girls. Yeah. yeah. They didn't used to have those back in my day. I think I think all the time about, like, I'm always reading articles about how you should sleep naked or it's without true, underwear yeah. at mm-hmm. least. And I try it and I feel bizarre. I used to sleep naked all the time when I was young. And then the, the hose on our washing machine broke in the middle of the night. And I was by myself and I was home and I was running around my house naked, freaking out because I, you know, I was probably in my early 20s. And after that, I'm like, you know, maybe it's not such a wise idea to sleep naked. That's fine. See, I don't wear underwear to bed, but I do wear shorts. Well, I wear like I don't wear a nightgown. I wear sweatpants. Yeah. But I don't wear underwear with them. And then I just wash them every time. Well, I don't wash them every time. Usually I wear my pajamas like a couple of nights in a row, but I don't have them on for that long. 
and I don't leave my house. I mean, I don't get sweaty. Yeah, ever since I started getting UTIs, I wash everything every time. Oh, well, that's mm. probably a good idea. I don't know. I'd also be afraid that my yoga pants. I'm 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 very afraid all the time that my yoga pants. I'm not very good at being able to tell. Like you know how you have to do the bend over test to make sure that they're not see through in the butt. I can't tell. Bend over test? Have I been missing yeah. this? Have I been walking around and like? There are a lot of yoga leggings? pants that are made poorly, and you can see through them. When you bend over and they stretch tight. That yes. See through them. Yeah, Bonnie. Well, I'm always. Would at you least tell if I'm me if underwear, I was... they see my underwear? Bonnie, not, would you yes. tell me if I was walking around with my booty hanging out? If you bent over and I could see your ass cheek, I would tell you. <laughs> nice birthmark. Did you say, did you realize I can see your ass right now? That would be more, that would be more. I want to get that mole looked at. <laughs> no, I was just kind of curious about that. If you were, because I'm, I don't know. I, I think. I, I think maybe we should put it to uh, to a poll but because I if, mean, I'm interested. I'm really interested to see what everybody else thinks. I maybe still don't think me. that I will leave my house where I'm going to be among people without underwear on. So even now, if I have yoga pants. So now that you know that about me, are you going to be creeped out when you see me in yoga pants? No, no, I wouldn't. Are you sure? Because that'd yeah. be awkward. Dude, I've seen you in yoga pants and you don't have any underwear lines. What do you think? Once I noticed that the people at the gym didn't have underwear lines either, I'm like, huh, I bet you Martha does not wear underwear. No, nope. if they wore pants. a thong, would you know if they well, were? Probably not because I'm, you know, I may look at their ass, but I'm not going to check their front out. I mean, that's a little gross. I mean, I, mean, I will say <laughs> I need something in the front. But I don't need anything in the back. So well, I wear maybe, thongs a lot. Yeah. So maybe thongs would be, I don't know. I guess that would be fine. But I don't know. I just don't even bother. And I happen to be wearing yoga pants with no underwear right now. Hey, so uh, am I. I am wearing yoga pants, but they're made of denim. And they're the best things ever. What? Aren't those called jeggings? Stand up. <laughs> You're not going to be able to see it if I stand up. No, they're like they're flare pants, but. Oh my God. There's no way I'm going to be able to show you my jeans. Hop up. Hop up. Oh, okay. Huh. I bought a pair of flare yoga pants the other day. They're black though. But, but I also wear those without underwear. So <laughs> I'm getting that you just like not wearing underwear. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. You well, know what? I will when admit I was... that there's sometimes that when I'm already home and changed into my jammies and Tyler's like, hey, meet me at the store. Sometimes I just throw my jeans on and I don't put underwear back on. You know on. what? When I was young, when I was in my 20s, the, there was a type of jeans that were really popular that didn't have any back pockets and they were really skinny on the top. I never wore underwear with those either. Hmm. I don't do that anymore because that's gross. But I used to do it. Well, I mean, so long as you don't do it like all the time. Every once in a while going commando is kind of freeing. Yeah, as long as there's not know. that yeah. like 
See, I feel like on my jeans, there's always like a like oh, a the thing oh, that's always like eh. yeah, yeah, right yeah. up in the hoo ha. Yeah, that's right? not fun. Yeah, and that's not enjoyable at all. Well, maybe don't go if you're wearing skin tight jeans. Yeah, it has a seam that can give you camel toe. Maybe don't wear those ones. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a perpetual camel toe in my twenties and didn't even know that it. was I think bad. everybody did. <laughs> That, camel toe used to be like a that thing. Was style. Do you remember when that, that was wasn't style. like a bad thing? I remember when I was in junior high school, the first time I ever heard that term. My sixth grade teacher, Mrs. Murray, used to wear double knit pants so tight oh. that she had that. And mm. I didn't know what it was called. And one of the boys said something one time about her having a camel toe. And of course, I had to find out what that was, and I was traumatized. <laughs> traumatized, I tell you. That's like, remember when mom jeans were like bad? Yeah. People hate. You and, know that mom jeans are now cool, right? Oh my god, and they're hideous. They're hideous, and they're hot. only because we know that mom jeans are supposed to be bad, and they're high water. Yeah. They're flared and they're high watered and Kids they look, want them like that. I know, but they're so ugly. It's it's beyond me. I'm like I can remember SNL doing commercials and they were like mom jeans and you were like those are terrible and well, now they, they want those. They're like I need mom jeans and I, and I'm still thinking to myself, okay, I thought those were bad. High waisted jeans were big in the early nineties. They were big 80s. in the eighties too, because I had yeah. really, really high waisted jeans in, so did I. in high school. Yeah, but high waisted and mom jeans are not the same. I mean, not the all high waisted jeans are mom jeans. Yes, but the difference between high waisted jeans and mom jeans are the size of your ass. Right. End of. That's Have it. you seen my ass? Everything I wear is mom jeans. That's what I'm saying <laughs> is that they call it they call it one thing, but when it's really another. If you have the birthing hits, they just don't go away. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, I don't have any birthing hips as I've never given birth. <laughs> I had birthing hips when I was nine. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. I love having conversations like this and not feeling embarrassed. It's awesome. And really, if you Anytime. think if you think about it, we're normalizing these conversations for all of our friends as well. So that's right. Yeehaw! It should be normal. There's I know. no reason we can't discuss. I agree. So let's discuss some books now instead. I think we can probably get on with the. Did you make a vomiting noise? <laughs> Only because my bra was poking me in the, in the okay. arm. Okay, I, I was like, I wait, twisted. do we not like books anymore? What happened? No books. I was going to say, who are you and what have you done with Vonnie? <laughs> You're an interloper. Vonnie, no, you didn't wear no. underwear in your book. <laughs> yeah, really. Are the people in your book wearing yoga pants with or without underwear? Uh, I'm not sure, but they're probably wearing some of those 70s pants you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Oh, there's Megan sending pictures of herself covered in paint. What? 
She did one of those color runs. That's oh, why dear she... God. Yeah. They are very pink. That's why she's not here, because she decided to go cover herself in paint. She's a kinky bitch, isn't she? If I ever cover myself in, pe- in paint, I am not sending pictures. Because <laughs> it's going to be latex paint with another person. <laughs> if I'm running, I can guarantee that there's a serial killer or something after me. Or zombies. Um, I'm not going to go run and get muddy or get painty on purpose. Yeah, that's if just you a see so- pictures like that, you know I'm being destroyed and tortured. Guys, this is just a socially acceptable reason to be kinky. This True. paint, This paint running thing. They're just being, yeah. I feel like it could be done without the running part. <laughs> Agree. Right? If I want to get covered in something in a white t-shirt, I'm going to go for to a bar during a wet t-shirt concert or contest. I'm just saying right now, you'd probably win. <laughs> you have Me? great you have great tits. You yeah, but probably not when win. I not when I take my bra off. Now I take my bra off and they're a little they're a little long in the tooth. <laughs> little, little hangy downy, are they? Mine are starting Here to do that too. Even my baby ones are starting to go down. My nipples aren't quite as happy as what they used to be. Now they're just kind of looking down. At I think mine were always depressed. I can't remember a time when they were looking up into the sunshine. They're not walking on sunshine anymore. Depressed, Ooh. Depressed nipples. Yeah, that's what it is. What kind of what kind of uh, ph- pharmaceuticals do you have for depressed nipple syndrome? <laughs> do you have any uh, Xanax for boobs? <laughs> need some boob Xanax. Yeah, no shit. Boob need a little Xanax. perk. Need a little perking up. A little Percocet for my perky. <laughs> for my non-perky boobs. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> how are we possibly? Yeah, good gonna... luck with that. Yeah, there's, there's there no... may be some perky boobs in my in my book also. Ooh, <laughs> some flares and some perky boobs. Some, Let's have it. Some flare jeans and perky boobs. The book I read this week is called Songs of Ursa Major by Emma Brody, and this is a book about a singer who is in kind of like just a garage band uh, amateur plays maybe at like, you know, county fair, stuff like that. Nothing big. And in the town that she lives in, in Massachusetts, there's a festival every year, like a music festival, and they have big name people come in. Well, the one person who's supposed to sing, Jesse Reed, gets into a car accident. So they're, they're scrambling to try to find a band that can fill in. And they pick uh, Jane's band, which Jane is the name of the main character. And I can't remember the name of her band, but they go up and play and they completely blow the audience away. They're they're awesome. Uh, The next day when the newspaper writes about them, they don't even hardly mention Jesse Reed's accident. All they talk about is how wonderful this band was, how they just were the shiznit. (laughs) (laughs) well um jane kind of you know has a very relaxed mellow vibe through the whole book it's just her personality and she's like you know oh that's pretty cool but she doesn't get too excited about it she's like eh whatever one time thing goes back to her normal life and her normal life is uh 
she was raised by her older sister and I think her grandma all live in the same house. Um, she works full time. Their family isn't really rich. They, they're not like super poor, but they live paycheck to paycheck, you know, just like most Americans. The town they live in is a very touristy kind of town. So most of the money that comes into town is during, you know, tourist season. But um, they also have a rehab center kind of hospital that a lot of rich people go to because where she lives in Massachusetts, a lot of famous people and very rich people have houses along the beach. She works at this hospital. This hospital is particularly known for, yeah, they're very um, hush-hush about their exclusive clientele. They're not in the news very much. So they're very, they're very discreet. So famous people use their hospital a lot. Well, when Jane goes back to work, one of her clients, lo and behold, is Jesse Reed. <gasps> and the reason why he got into a car accident is because he was very high. That'll do so it. he's in there in rehab and recovering from his car accident. And they kind of, you know, she's a little odd at the very beginning, but she very quickly gets over that and she treats him just like a regular person. She doesn't let herself get blown away. She, you know, she doesn't have a fandom attack. <laughs> um, and they kind of become friends and they talk and everything. And Jesse Reed finds out that she's the girl that replaced him in the music festival and reads some of the stuff about her. And he's very interested in her because of that. And so like he has like a piano, like a, and everything. And um, like he'll play music and, and she'll sing and they kind of collaborate on songs and they just really become really good friends and they kind of fall for each other. So then they start this romance. And at the same time, because she gets so much publicity from this music festival, she's contacted by recording agents that want to sign her to make a record. So she get, kind of gets sucked up into this life of recording and going on tour and all of this other stuff while she's in this relationship with Jesse Reed. And just to even make it more convenient, she ends up being the opening, opening act for Jesse Reed while they're on tour. So they're together like all the time. And as the story progresses, you kind of find out more about Jane and more about her history. And you find out the story that she tells everyone is that her mother left when she was 12. I'm pretty sure is what it is. And some of the stories that she had told Jane that nobody had ever told her different she starts to figure out that some of these stories aren't so true. And later in the book, you kind of find out more about that story. And one of the things that breaks them up is the story of her mother. So that's kind of like this dark family secret that's hanging over her while she's on tour. And one of the reasons why she doesn't get too excited or too hung up on the whole musician lifestyle. 
like what some people probably would. I don't want to get into it too much because I mean, obviously, if you want to read it, you don't want me to give you too many spoilers. But I, I liked this book a lot better than what I thought I would. I'm not really that into books about musicians or bands. Um, most of the ones that I read that are about musicians or bands, I do not make it through. I DNF them. And it's not that they're bad books. It's just I have absolutely no, no interest in playing music, being a singer. I've never been in a band. I've never really played a musical instrument. And the famous person lifestyle, it's just not something I like to read about. This book I actually loved. So it was a very nice surprise. Uh, Jane's character is just so laid back and mellow. But then at the same time, she's very strong. And she doesn't take shit from anybody. Like, for instance, there's part of the book that can't remember what year it is, but the Grammys hadn't been going on. Is it the Grammys? Is the Grammys the, the singing? Okay. Mm. The Grammys hadn't been going on for very long. And they ask her to perform at the Grammys. But they want her to perform a specific song because they want to brand her as a specific kind of singer, like a poppy kind of singer. And she wants to be more of a folksy kind of singer. And she's like, yeah, okay, whatever, you know, I'll sing this song. She gets up there, completely sings a different song. <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, her agent is pissed. <laughs> but she's like, you know, you can't tell me what to do. I'm up there by myself. I'm going to do what I want to. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> and I just love that attitude. She just... Not even that I can relate to her life that much, but just her attitude was just so wonderful and so brilliant. It was just, it was a great book. Um, Martha, I think you said you tried to read this and you DNF'd it. Yeah, I DNF'd it. Probably because of the romance. Yep. As soon as it started to get that way, I was like, mm, nope. But the romance <laughs> doesn't play a key. I It's big right there at the beginning because- it's their romance is so fast. Yep. Like they really like just go from first date to 10th date, like in a matter of like two weeks, it's insane how fast they fall for each other, but that's not really what the book is about. It, it was wonderful. It was awesome. Definitely a five star. Wow. So, I mean, it's so surprising when you do something like that, Bonnie, when you read a book so out of character for yourself and you love it so much. I just, that, I, I just dig that. I know. And I don't even, you know what I did? I found this on the list when I was trying to find strong female roles for uh, women's history, women's month. Aware, history month in March. And this is one of the books that came up and I kept putting off reading it because I'm like, oh, it's about a singer. I'm not going to like it because I've tried to read those before and I just can't get into them. And that's why I asked you about it. I'm like, have you ever read this? Because I was trying to find it out of a way, a, a way and, out of reading it. And it's a <laughs> it's a debut novel, which is mm -hmm. the reason that I want it. You know, because anytime I read, um, I go through all the new books that are coming into the library. And if it says debut novel, even if I don't think I'm going to like it, I at least try it because it's a debut. I feel like I feel obligated to give 
the writer a chance to catch me. Well, she may not have caught you, but she caught me for sure. I, it was, it was a great book. And I think her writing is very spot on. It was good writing. I'm not going to say it wasn't good writing. It's just, you know, me, I'm, I'm just put off by, you know, the rate. Yeah. Yeah. That (laughs) I'm put off by the relationship taking over because that's not what I want to read about. But see, if you would have read just a little bit more into it, you would have found out that it doesn't really take over. I know you didn't get through that part. She stuck her tongue out at me, people. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. And it's actually um, inspired by another musician. And I can't remember which musician it is. I want to say Jamie something. It doesn't tell me in the review. Let me find out. I Googled it, actually. Yeah, I read the the synops on Goodreads and it didn't mention anybody. Okay. Because I was gonna... because as soon as I read about a strong female, I there are so many books where I feel like they're writing about Stevie Nicks. Well, <laughs> Daisy Jones. I know Daisy Jones was definitely, and I but... didn't even realize that when I read it. But it's um, it's based on Joni Mitchell. Oh, oh, I like her. Me too. Yeah. Well, I didn't know who she was, so after I started reading this book, and this is what I do when I get into a book and I really, really like it, I'm like. I wonder what this is about. So I start Googling around. I'm like, Ooh, Johnny Mitchell. Who's that? So I pull up you, YouTube music and I'm like, Jenny Mitchell. <laughs> then I spent 45 <laughs> minutes listening to her songs because that's what I do. When I like something, I have to research the hell out of it because <laughs> I don't know why rabbit. I'm just, hole. I'm a, yes, hole. it's a rabbit hole and I'm a sponge for more information than I probably need. But that again is called Songs of Ursa Major by Emma Brody. It's awesome. It's wonderful. Martha, I think you should try to read it and just go 2.5 through the romance parts. Uh, You're such a bully. You're because right. Because the end of it I, is uh, so That's how I would, I, that's exactly so how wonderful. I would characterize Vonnie. She is a bully. Uh, no, actually, you're right. I probably. I've, I've done that with a couple of books lately where at the beginning I'm pissed off because it's like too sad or whatever. And the last time that happened, I cranked it up to 2.5, got through that part, and the book turned out to be better than I thought it was going to be. So maybe I well, need to be more forgiving. Listen, you told me to stick with Mr. Splitfoot. You're right. You were absolutely right. I did bully you into reading that because I knew and you'd like it. I mulled through that book until what about half about it? half of it yeah and then it started getting really really good and it was so good at that point i know that it was completely worth it and you told me and i listened so i think you should do the same thing okay <laughs> because the fair. end of it fair her personality comes out so and I love Joni Mitchell. Much. So you're right. I really should give it a second listen. I mean, I w- I'll tell you, there's going to be bits about her family history that you're probably not going to like too much, but it doesn't go into as much detail that I think. God, your dog. Turn you off. Listen to her. <laughs> I, I can never hear what you hear. Really? I do Seriously? not hear the dog snoring. Really? <laughs> no, she's snoring pretty loud. She's right now. really snoring. 
Sorry I interrupted you, but holy shit. She's out. She's so out. Her eyes are half open right now when she's sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) She's got her lip all pooched out. Her eyes are half open. All right, go ahead. I I was done. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll pause. I'll pause. I'll I'll mute. <laughs> oh, all right. So so much for snoring dogs. It's time to move on to Miss Keith to see what she has for us today. What do you got? So the book I read this week is called The Plus One by Maisie Eddings. Weren't we talking about like weird stuff with like food? Were we talking about that today? I don't know what I was thinking. Weird stuff with food? Well, the reason I was asking is because my book (laughs) starts with a really weird encounter with peanut butter. (laughs) Well, I find that interesting. Is there licking off of body parts happening? Dude. So our main character, her name's Indira, and she is coming home from... And she's coming home from work, and of course she's come home early because something happened. She's having a shit day. She's home early, and she walks into her apartment that she shares with her boyfriend. And like many romances start, she finds him with a big open jar of peanut butter, and they're like making out, and they have peanut butter all over themselves, like all over their faces. And wait, and so so he's with a woman. And they're in the middle of, oh. Uh-huh. Well. Yeah. Okay. And you can tell right away just how great her relationship with this guy is because she's pissed because, I mean, he's cheating on her. But she's more really offended that they're doing this shit with peanut butter. (laughs) Like, it's really funny because throughout the book, she'll just, She'll be sitting there. And then she's like, I don't understand the peanut butter still. The peanut butter is very much bothering me, as it would me. You'll never get that smell out of the sofa, ever. Dude. I mean, mean, that is like... And it's sticky. It's not like whipped cream where you just lick it off and it's gone. I mean, this is like freaking peanut butter. And there's worse things that your couch could smell like than peanut butter. (laughs) That's true. But peanut I mean, butter it's is probably also- mixed though. And with- it's oily and yeah, no. I'm almost positive she does like kind of ask. She's like, what on earth do you guys think you're doing? And they're both like, look at her and they're like, we both really like peanut butter, which is just the stupidest excuse for, for whatever. It's his apartment. I mean, she lives with him, but obviously she's not going to live with him anymore because he's making out on her couch with some disgusting girl and peanut butter so um she needs to find a place to stay and her um all her friends kind of are in relationships and stuff so the only place she really has to go is to her brothers and they're very close um but her brother is getting married in six weeks so she's been trying to kind of give him his space um because he lives with his partner too but so she trudges over to the brother's house because she really doesn't have any place to go. His name's Colin. And when she knocks on the door, 
Colin's best friend Jude answers. And Indira and Jude just hate each other. I mean, it's just been a thing that has gone on forever. Like, I think Colin's an older brother. She's, I think, six years younger. And when they were little, uh, he was always, Jude was always around. And they hated each other then. And they've just always hated each other. So she's very sad because she has to move in with her brother, Colin, and his partner. And also this guy, Jude, who she can't stand is there. And Jude is back because his best friend is getting married in six weeks. I don't know if this is a thing that people do. It's really interesting because Colin and his partner, they are not just having like a rehearsal dinner and then a wedding. They are having a hundred like things leading up to it. I mean, engagement parties. And I say parties because there's more than one. And then activities with the bridal party where they all get together and do things. Oh, and let me just say, Colin's partner is cousins with asshole ex-boyfriend and the peanut butter. So now not only does she have to be his partner still in this wedding, but he's bringing stupid peanut butter girl to all these wedding festivities. I know, right? Fun. So Indira is not very happy (laughs) and she is a psychiatrist and Jude is here and he's here for the six week duration to do all these pre-wedding festivities and he's able to be here. Um, He doesn't live in town. He's able to be here because he has um, everybody's a doctor. They're all doctors. He is an emergency medicine specialist. And he acquired like $500,000 in student loans. So what he did is he got, he got a chance to work with, I guess the closest thing would be um, that doctors without borders. It's the kind of thing where he signed up to work with them for four years and then they take care of his student debt. Okay. And he signed up, I mean, for this program when he was very young, like, before he had even gotten into med school and he's done it for three years now. And he has, I think like 10 months left. So after the six month, six weeks period, he has to go back. And it's the kind of thing where they send them into war torn countries and they send them into the heat of stuff. Um, So he's not, it's not just like a benevolent kind of missionary kind of thing. It's like, Oh, there is a battle in this particular country. And so he has to have all this training on, you know, um, not only emergency medicine, but escaping bombs and all that other kind of stuff. And what nobody realizes except Indira is that he is really suffering from the effects of PTSD due to these, this job that he's been doing. And he does not hide it very well, but all these things are going on like this wedding and everything else. So, and because all these um, things are happening, everything is a crowded kind of, you know, event. I mean, engagement parties, other things like ever going to clubs and everything else. And the worst thing for someone suffering from PTSD 
is to be in these crowds in these unknown situations where like you know music unexpected is loud, loud and... noises and stuff exactly like that. yeah so indira and jude kind of call a little bit of a truce because she understands what he's dealing with and she really wants to get him help but he is so overcome with guilt because a lot of the because where he of where he is working he saves way fewer people than those that die under in his care and so he just has this immense amount of guilt because he feels like he has done nothing good for anyone and he sees these atrocities and he is just in a really bad way and so because her stupid ex-boyfriend, the peanut butter dude, and his peanut butter girlfriend are everywhere, they agree to fake date. And she is kind of like Jude's safe space. So when he's had too much, because they're fake dating, it doesn't look weird when she takes him out somewhere uh -huh. quiet. So that's why they start fake dating. And then that whole hate is a fine line. <laughs> kind of transfers a little uh but the really amazing thing about actually this author is that sh this is her third book and i've read all of them and each one really deals well with normalizing mental illness um the ther the characters talk about going to therapy like it isn't some big deal just like everybody should do it i mean she's a psychiatrist and she has a therapist i just really appreciate the way she talks about the ptsd it's not some plot point i mean it's just something that happens and she is really real about it um i think that's one of my favorite things about this author because i mean the more we we can normalize mental illness the more people are going to get help and go places when they need that help and not feel weird about it so this was a really tremendous love story it's enemies to lovers it's dating your best friend your brother's best friend um it's a fake dating trope so it's all that good stuff plus it's just an amazing read because it's got that snarky banter that i love because they hate each other so they're just always picking on each other but it also has this amazing look at just how debilitating something like PTSD can be, but also how important it is that you put yourself first and you get help for that. And that it's okay to put yourself first in that kind of situation and help yourself. So I really liked it. I think it was an amazing book and I just really appreciate all that she does to take the stigma away from mental illness. Um, and that was The Plus One by Maisie Eddings. Excellent. Awesome. Okay. Or also known as 101 Ways to Use Peanut Butter. <laughs> Dear God. It's so... Uh, the whole, I can still smell that encounter. It's just funny because she just constantly, like, she'll be like, she'll see him and she just thinks really? to herself, what's with uh, peanut butter? Why? Just why peanut butter? I mean, peanut butter is really hard to get off stuff. It is, yeah, and it smells. It sticks to your roof of your mouth. Can you imagine all the other uh, yucky places it sticks? Gross, 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 gross. Just, yeah. Mm. Well, I'm just trying. I'm just thinking about how hard it is to like 
if you've got a spoon that you've used peanut butter for. You put it through the dishwasher and sometimes the peanut butter is still there. (laughs) You have to, those you have to rinse. You have to rinse the peanut butter before you put it in the dishwasher because it's not going to come off that spoon. I don't even know what a shower after you've been lathered in peanut butter looks like. I don't want to know what it looks like. I think you'd probably have to use Dawn dishwashing soap to get that shit Oh my gosh, yeah. Just saying. Have to take your your scrub brush in that you usually use for your dishes. I mean, no offense Bend to anybody over, that honey. likes to get busy with peanut butter, but wow, that's a lot of cleaning and stickiness. And mm. well, maybe I mean, try have, syrup or something. I don't know. Have you ever used peanut butter to try to get like gum out of your hair? Have you ever tried to do that? I have never needed to do that. Knock on wood, but. Well, I tried it one time. It didn't work. It didn't get the paint or the gum out of my hair. And then I had to wash my hair like three or four times to get the peanut butter out of my hair where the gum, where I tried to get the gum out. And I ended up having to cut the gum out, but. I've heard about the ice. I mean, I've heard about the peanut butter for gum, but I have used ice to get gum and silly putty out of things. I think that probably works better. Yeah. Just stick it in the freezer. Stick the whole shooting match in the freezer and then take it well, out. Well, you can't really off. stick your head well, in the freezer. I was going to say, <laughs> stick yeah. your head in the freezer? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that doesn't work too well. No, you're right. Snowbank, maybe. Okay. Especially don't use organic peanut butter. That really is oh, oily. Oh, talk shit. about a grease bag. Yeah. Ugh. All right. So this week... I'm- I read, actually, I just finished this before we started the podcast. Normally, I probably wouldn't choose to review something I didn't give a higher rating. But in this case, I've chosen to because it's a very buzzy book. It's called, I Have Some Questions for You by Rebecca Mackay. It's about a woman who is, she is visiting her old boarding school to be a teach. she's teaching this she's a film professor and so she's visiting her old school doing a class well the class she's she's in the class she's doing her students are doing podcasts and her husband is kind of it's a weird situation because her hut her her husband they're separated but they still live together they have kids together so it's kind of an amicable situation where you know he's he's caring for the kids and she's off doing this thing so she doesn't really mention her kids a whole lot which always freaks me out (laughs) because I guess I was so hyper focused on my child when he was young that I couldn't imagine not thinking about him a lot during whatever I was doing so that was the first thing that kind of I I get it I know that not everybody's you know like are they young are they older kids no they're they're younger kids oh and she only mentions them like twice maybe (laughs) younger meaning like grade school yeah yeah so she doesn't mention her kids a whole lot and that bugs me for some reason it's also weird that she just happens to be at her old school which she hasn't been back to in a really long time 
and she's teaching podcasts and one of her students decides to investigate a murder that happened while she was there. It was actually her roommate that was killed. And I've read a ton of books that have this same theme where, you know, somebody was killed while you were either in high school or college, and then you go back to solve the crime later. Well, this book doesn't quite do that in the same way that the other books that I've read. From that lens, I really enjoyed the ride of the book a lot more because it was told from a perspective of, as she's telling the story, she keeps saying, you did this, you did that. She's talking to her old music professor throughout some of this because she thinks that something was going on between him and her roommate. Mm -hmm. But the person that was arrested for the crime turned out to be the athletic coach who was black. And he was arrested for the crime, gives a false confession, and then recants. And there were all of these, you know, different facets of the crime or whatever that can be explained one way or another. But during the time that they're investigating or that the girl is investigating this situation, of course, the main character is rethinking all of the things that happened during that time. And she sort of goes through the scenarios of, well, what if this girl did it? How would that have happened? So she goes through that and then she'll Basically, you get a lot of internal monologue, which was interesting. I like the way she did that. But during the time that it's happening, her husband, who's back at home with the kids, gets outed on Twitter for something that, I guess he's an artist. And when he was, before they were married, he dated this younger girl. And as it would happen, the his wife, the, the main character, is also much younger than him. But the, the woman, the, the one that she, she basically does a performance piece about the way he behaved when they were dating. And it comes across like, well, this is what he did to me. When you look at it from a lens of, you know, this is what he did. It just looks like he's a bad boyfriend and kind of a shit. But the way she per portrays it is more like he was an abuser. So, of course, she puts all this stuff out in this performance piece, and then people start tweeting about it. So the tweeting is happening at about the same time that she's doing this other thing, and then she gets really drunk one night and gets on Twitter and claps back at this girl because obviously she's, you know, attacking her husband, ex-husband, whatever the hell he is. So you've got that Twitter war going on, on top of all of this other stuff. Well, then the, the case gets reopened, and there's, you know, another trial, you know, and everybody has to go and testify, and this and that and another thing. There, there were a lot of things about the book structurally that I didn't really care for, but the reason that I wanted to re review it is I don't know if she intended this to be the case, but what it did is it made me realize 
how fragile memory can be. And it, and it really kind of caused me to rethink some things that had happened in my own past as like a way to, you know how sometimes when somebody tells a story and you didn't remember it that way, you're rewriting those memories all the time. And it's so easy to do that. I, I, I felt like the book was more profound for me because it made me think about things like that. It was very unsatisfying from the, the standpoint of the actual story and the, and the way it turned out. All I care is about the way it made me feel. And I really liked that I could see how fragile memory can be if you go back and try to revisit a crime like that. And it's easy to see that the motives of all of these people could be so different. So I liked that. I liked the fact that that I was really engaged in the what might have been, what could have been aspect of the story and the way we interpret things that happen to us. Would I recommend this? Yes, I would because it was interesting the way she approached a going home again scenario and her interaction with some of her classmates and stuff and, and the way they rethought all of those things was really kind of good. Plus, it also has the podcast theme and, and the, uh, the true crime podcasts are such a hot topic. So, I mean, that, I, that felt very relevant for the time as well. A lot of people are waiting for this book, so I read it really fast. And I would say it's, it's not bad. I only gave it three stars, but that was just for my own personal self. I thought her writing style was okay. And if you went to a boarding school, it might be more interesting and relevant to you than somebody who went to a public high school like myself. So add that extra layer on there. She had an, an interesting background as sort of like, a, I don't want to say a scholarship student, but it was sort of that sort of situation. Anyway, that was called I Have Some Questions for You by Rebecca Mackay. Cool. Awesome. On so, purpose? Mm, well, at the end there, yes. I did speak. Did you have to get past the romance? No, there really wasn't any. <laughs> it wasn't that. It wasn't that bad. I only sped it up at the end because I was wanting to get it finished. Do you know Hobby Lobby has hundreds Ooh, of incredible sorry. products? Dude. <laughs> Are you cheating on us? <laughs> no. No, I'm looking at, um, I'm trying to get an idea of what to crochet for my soon-to-be nephew. I asked my niece what she wanted me to make her. She's like, you're supposed to be the creative one. (laughs) But if I don't know what you want, I mean, give me a clue. Blanket, stuffed toy, (laughs) a romper, a hat what I mean he's due in August so I'm kind of thinking maybe one of these little shorts I don't know crocheted shorts on a man come on on a baby (laughs) it'd actually be like a 
romper. No, I'm just thinking of the pictures at his wedding, you know. <laughs> I'm just preparing him for the rest of his life when I make him crochet pants for every single one of his birthdays. I don't know what these kids are into nowadays. <laughs> make him some high-waisted short flare pants. Make him some mom <laughs> jeans. Those are really in right now. Crocheted mom jeans. Those are the height of fashion. <laughs> the height of fashion for babies. You know what I did yesterday, you guys? So I was at a remote at Sam's Club because I don't know if you know this, but the very first Sam's Club ever built was in Midwest City, Oklahoma. That's weird. Yeah. Not Arkansas, huh? Yeah, Oklahoma, Midwest City. So they had a celebration yesterday and I went to do the remote. So they had food trucks there. So I went over to check out the food trucks and you know me and my desserts, right? <laughs> so there's this one a food truck lady that had dessert tacos and one of them was a banana pudding taco so I okay. ordered the banana pudding taco and it was it honestly looked really good it had you know like pudding, bananas little Nilla wafers on the inside and then on the outside it had like a caramel drizzle and then some whipped cream so it was beautiful very nice presentation but I bit into it and the banana pudding squirted everywhere <laughs> so I look up and I'm standing there and I'm covered in banana pudding and whipped cream at a remote <laughs> And I'm trying to clean myself off and everything, and I'm getting ready to go back on the air, and I put my headphones on, and my, I, like, brush my shoulder, and I'm like, shit, I must have pudding on there, and I couldn't find it, so I got a, I turned my phone on and put it up, and I had this big glob of pudding in my hair, and you know my <laughs> hair is long and blonde, you know, in the front, and this big old, it reminded me of that scene from... There's something about Mary or the big, it, it looked just like that. And it was hanging off of my hair. Oh, well, at least it wasn't peanut butter. Well, I immediately stuck it in my mouth. <laughs> so I'm sitting there with my hair in my mouth. Cause that's what I do when I find a glob in my hair is yep. I immediately put it in my mouth. You got to suck that pudding right off. <laughs> so that was my excitement yesterday and the moral of the story is don't ever eat a banana a banana pudding taco in polite company dude it, it i will... feel like there should also be a moral that you probably shouldn't just eat shit that you find in your hair well yeah, yeah there's that too <laughs> or when you eat a banana taco, maybe suck before you bite. I should have. I should That's have sucked. That's always good advice, Bonnie. I should have sucked. <laughs> always suck yep. before you bite. Yep, I should have sucked. <laughs> well, you know. Have I not taught you better, Martha? Seriously, always Martha. Always suck before you bite. 
I really should have been thinking better, but you know, sucking in public is a little weird and I had people standing around me and I certainly shouldn't have done that. Anyway, regardless, I don't think there was any good way for that to end. I really don't. I should never have brought that piece of culinary. I hope people realized it was pudding you were sucking out of your hair. I hope so. Boy, did I have sticky fingers all day. <laughs> or maybe <laughs> eat it with a, with a fork or a knife. Well, I had a fork there, but the thing about it is, is the ta- there was no way you could like cut it up with one of those because the taco itself was like thick and hard. <laughs> So it so, was bad design. Tacos, it sir. was a bad design. You're saying you should lick the cream out of the taco before you bite? Yes, definitely. <laughs> I should have cracked it open. First. I should have cracked the taco open and used a fork. You didn't even get that. <sighs> I was just ignoring it. <laughs> I was ignoring you because I felt so stupid. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing ever to have happen to you when you're in public. Well, the other day when I went uh, bowling and had to use the men's room because the women's room was closed, I squirted. I went to squirt soap on. It was one of those like little dispensers that's next to the sink. And it squirted like right on my shirt, not even (laughs) down, just right on my shirt. So So then you had to explain in the men's room. So then you had to explain all day that it was just soap. It's soap, man. <laughs> what happened to you in the men's room? Well, we're still on this. It's just soap. It's just I, soap. I swear. I swear it's soap. <laughs> I didn't see anybody in there. I promise. At least you didn't suck it off of your shirt. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it sure was delicious. <laughs> Thinking the soap probably would not have been as delicious no. as the banana pudding. No, no. Or other things that you get by sucking. Yeah. Agreed. Or that you find in the men's room. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, wa- I'd be careful about that. Suddenly, you don't know where that stuff's been. Suddenly, I'm completely grossed out. I've had to clean a lot of men's rooms in my time, and that is not <laughs> a very appetizing thought. Gross. Hey, when you gotta go, you gotta go. Um, yeah. Hey, I just I'm proud of you for actually using a public restroom. <laughs> I know, right? Well, <laughs> it was only number one, not number two. Hmm. I would have had to drive home for that. <laughs> this woman is awful to travel with, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's have a bow, Vonnie. You can have well, a banana. I thought maybe the, the men's room one would have been a bow. Try harder. That's what she said. <laughs> That's how you ended up with goop in your hair. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying really, really hard. <laughs> Listen, talk about having to go home and wash your hair. Yeah, that's exactly right. Banana. Not just no way, it's hair gel. Well, you know. Just like um, the thing that was portrayed in something about Mary, um, it made my hair really stiff. <laughs> right there. Instead of instead of making good mousse, it just was stiff and weird right in front. Mm. So I ended That's up generally like- what happens first it gets stiff, then you suck. 
then you end up with in your hair hair gel (laughs) (laughs) you know thanks guys then you have to go home and wash your hair and you know that stuff comes out at like 20 miles an hour so you could like put out your eye (laughs) yeah you better be careful would that be like a, an OSHA thing? It's, Is that like a work re, workers I comp? If I, I wonder if I could get workers comp for that. <laughs> you go to a HR for workers comp for something that got squirted in your eye at work. <laughs> I'm thinking they're going to keep a pretty good eye on what you do during the day. True story. Or you're going to have to watch that sexual harassment video again. God dang it. I've been through that thing four times already. <laughs> obviously didn't take (laughs) obviously not it's only an hr issue if you complain okay and that's gonna do it for three Three book Book girls can't get enough of three book girls check them out on facebook twitter and instagram follow them on tiktok youtube and check out their website at threebookgirls.com and join the group three book girls tribe on facebook If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.